Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 740 of the Juicebox Podcast. Twenty-one-year-old Erin is here today. She was diagnosed while a college student, and she is going to share rather openly about what it's like to be at college as a young girl living with type 1 diabetes. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and filling out the survey. When you complete the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, you'll be helping people living with type 1 diabetes. It takes fewer than 10 minutes, is completely HIPAA compliant, and absolutely anonymous. These are not difficult questions. Simple questions that you already know the answers to about your type 1 or your child's type 1. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. If you want accuracy, you want the Contour Next One. Hi, my name is Erin. I'm 21 years old and I've been a type 1 diabetic for nine months now. Perfect. That was perfect. Um, Nine months. Yeah. Were you in college when you found out? Yep. My, it was my junior year of college. Were you actually yeah. away at school or were you home when it happened? I was away at school, but luckily um, I go to school in Boulder and my parents live in Denver. So it's a very close. Wasn't too far away. Okay. Yeah. So when everything happened, I was able to go home and be with them instead of being stuck at my college house with seven other girls. <laughs> seven other <laughs> girls. None of them uh, pre-med, I imagine. Nope. <laughs> not, not one. You couldn't get a little lucky. Um, no. So how did it how did it present and, and and how did that whole part go? Oh, it started at, like at the end of August, like right when I got back to school, I was just feeling off, like very tired. Um, but like being a college student, I was going to school, I was working and I was babysitting like twice a week. So I was working, going to school. But I just didn't have the energy like I used to. I was going to bed every night with like really bad stomach aches. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but like, it's just college. Like I'm just stressed out, whatever. And then I started losing weight. I lost about 20 pounds, which was like, I've been the same weight since I was like 14 years old. Wow. And like, I'm a healthy weight. Like it was like an extreme weight loss where I was like, okay, like I'm really skinny now, but this isn't right. Like I haven't worked out something's wrong over just a couple of Um, weeks is that right yeah I would say like three to four weeks and then I had gone home on like a Sunday to see my mom and she was like you look so thin she's like are you doing are you doing drugs like you look so thin 
And I'm like, I'm not doing drugs. Like, I don't know what's wrong. And I didn't have a scale at school. So I hadn't weighed myself and I came home and I always had been around like 140 pounds and I weighed myself and I was like 121. And I was like, okay, I think something's wrong. Like I'm not trying to lose weight. Like, yeah, there's for, something up for context. How tall are you? I'm five, six oh, and like good. a half. Oh, wow. So yeah, I was like very like healthy, comfortable weight. Like I was not trying to lose weight at all. Yeah. Um, so you could, and you could see it in my face and my arm, like I just looked sick. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm from like Chicago area. My parents like moved out here when I came to school. And so I, since I've been at school, I haven't gotten like a, a doctor, like a, I haven't had like a checkup or anything since I've lived here. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I call. Ooh, Aaron. That says they're in that work. Aaron, I'm sorry. You disappeared for a second. Like you got like a blip. You called. And um, can you hear me now? I can. Yeah. I was saying I called or I went on like my insurance website and started calling every doctor in network just to like try and find someone because I didn't have anyone. Right. And they're all like three weeks out or whatever. And I had gone to like this like natural doctor out here, just like supplements and stuff. And so I called him and I'm like, I've lost. 20 pounds in the last like few weeks. Can you order me some blood tests? Like I know something's wrong. Like I, I can't get in to see a doctor. Can you just go send me blood tests? I, I feel like something's wrong. And I went and did that. And then I got all my blood test results. I was sitting in a class and I'm like, I get the notification and I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. And I'm Googling every blood test that I was abnormal for. And I just looked at my sheet and I was like 480. My glucose was 484. But for some reason, like I saw that number, but I'm like, oh, that's like if for people who have diabetes, like that doesn't matter. And I had like a bunch of other abnormal ones. Like there's like a CEA blood test, which is like a cancer one, which I was like extremely elevated for. So I'm sitting in class and I'm like, I have cancer, like I'm done. And so that was like so freaky. And I like ran out of class and was like bawling, crying, whatever. What, and then what class were you in? I know that's the, the weirdest question. Of all. It was an accounting. It was an accounting class. <laughs> um, and I'm like sitting there and I'm in the back. So I'm like looking at my phone and I'm like Googling and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And, um, and luckily we we're still wearing masks in class. So I ran to the bathroom bawling crying. And then I like wipe my tears away, go back into class and finish it out. Um, and so then I call like that doctor and the whole weird thing is just like, Aaron, he even like, I mean, Aaron, he's, he's not like, I mean, he's a doctor, but he's not like, a, yeah. Aaron, you just, you blipped out again on me. I'm not sure why. So, um, just, it's okay. It's probably because you're, you live near mountains. Um, but in, uh, I don't live that close to mountains. <laughs> um, my wifi, sh- my wifi should be good. Are you on your phone? No, I'm on my computer. You're on your computer. Okay. Is, yeah. do, do you have a possibility of like hardwiring it? Do you have like a, an ethernet cable or no? No. No. Um, Can you just move slightly closer to the router kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, wait a I minute. Can... Before you do that, Aaron, is your phone near you? Yeah. Are you getting text messages or other messages? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. Oh, so turn off my Wi-Fi um, on my phone? I think if you... Or use like a hotspot. I can use a hotspot. No, no. What happens is that I have it happen to me too. So I just silence my phone. Okay. And 
move it away from the microphone a little bit. Okay. When my phone is too close to the microphone and I get a message, I get that electronic breakup. Okay. So I'm going to guess that's what I, it is. I you just know. threw my phone okay. away. It's, it's also not your Dexcom receiver. So hopefully is it? it works. <laughs> <laughs> I have my I have my Apple Watch, so I have my Okay. I can see it. All right. So or maybe see. that's making it bad too. Maybe I don't know. we'll find out now that the phone is across the room under a pillow somewhere. Um, yeah, literally. Uh, so I'm sorry. So just I, I I apologize. Do you remember where you are? Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, I really didn't even think I had diabetes. It was didn't even cross my mind, even though my glucose was like 484. And I called that like natural doctor, and he was like, "You need to go see like a real doctor and figure out what's going on or whatever." <laughs> okay. <laughs> and luckily, my dad he he had like a friend who was like a family doctor, or whatever. And so this was on Thursday. And he got, he got me in on Monday morning Mm -hmm. and this is where it gets crazy because I go in there and he's like, yeah, like I'm I'm pretty sure you have diabetes. And I'm like, okay, I'm not overweight. Like, cause I didn't really know that much. I'm like, I know I don't have type two, like I'm very healthy, whatever. And I was like, I thought you get type one when you're little. And he's like, no, like you can get it whenever type of thing. And so he's like, I'm pretty sure you have it, but. I'm going to send you to an endocrinologist, like to be sure, but we're going to give you, he gave, he prescribed me a freestyle Libre mm-hmm. without giving me insulin. He's like, wear this, you can check your, your numbers, but like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's diabetes. So when you go see that other doctor, you'll be able to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, like sounds good, whatever. And well, does it sound good though, Aaron? Because if it's not diabetes in your mind, you feel like you have cancer. Well, at this point, I'm like pretty sure it's diabetes. Oh, like, you gave up I'm on the cancer to, thing? Okay. Yeah, I gave up on the cancer thing. I'm like, I'm starting to understand that it's probably diabetes. But then I'm getting the Libre where I can see my numbers and I'm in the 300s and 400s. And I'm like, how do I fix this? Like, he didn't give me anything to fix it. And so I spent the whole weekend, like, with my parents just being like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah why did he give me this? And so then I go to an endocrinologist, like like the, the main doctor couldn't see me. It was a physician's assistant. And we get in there and she's talking to me like I'm two years old, like hot, like you have diabetes. Diabetes is when the pancreas attacks itself. Like you, just like the most basic <laughs> definition. I'm like, okay, lady, I, like, I get it. Like, how do I fix myself? Like I was very much like, I want to feel better. I want to take insulin. Like I had done research. I'm like, I want this and this. Yeah. Cause she, she was like, okay, we're going to give you Lantus. And I'm like, what about the short acting? And she's like, oh, I don't think you're ready for that. And I'm like, I want it. Like, I know what it is. I want to have insulin when I eat. And so I had to like convince her to like, let me have the hemolog. Right. And so she finally was like, okay. And then she's teaching me like how to use it or whatever. I'm and always so- fascinated by that, by the way, Aaron, that, that, that the doctor says to you, uh, no, you can't have this. And you go, oh, come on. And they go, ah, all right. <laughs> like, and I'm like, like, I'm not a little kid. Like, I'm 21. Like, I'm an adult. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty intelligent. Like, I can figure this out. I want to figure this out. I don't like feeling bad. Like, mm-hmm. like let's, let's do this thing. And so she agreed to give it to me, whatever. And then that Friday, I saw the diabetes educator, which was one of the most horrible experiences of my life. She gave me like, I still have the sheet. It's like a sheet. And it's like, you can eat 1500 calories a day. And she's like, 
do you like eating three or four meals a day? And I'm like, I'm in college. I eat like, I don't know how many meals I eat. Like I eat something different every day. And she's like, you have to eat at the same time every day. And it's like morning for breakfast. You can have 30 grams of carbs and get one snack of 15 grams of carbs and this whole list. And I'm like, start crying. And I'm like, I can't live like this. And so my mom has a friend who is type one and she told us about your podcast and how there's like a whole list of like doctors on here of like Mm -hmm. good doctors in the area. And so my mom went on here and found one and like, luckily there was an, there was an opening like a few days later for me to go in. And then I go there and it was one of the best experiences of my life. And so now my endocrinologist is truly amazing. And I'm so grateful for everything they do. Cause when we, when we got in there, it was like, I was in there for like six hours and they were explaining everything to me. And like, it was just like totally different things. Aaron, you're blowing, um, you're blowing my mind and, and you wouldn't know it, but. Why I am can, I blowing your mind? Because I can picture myself sitting at this desk, editing a show and thinking, you know, people ask about good doctors all the time. And then a bunch of people show up on the Facebook page and say, well, try this one or try that one. I was like, so many people have good advice about this. Mm-hmm. I should probably just make a web page and put them all there. Like, like yeah. that was like a throwaway thought in my head while I was doing something else. And well, I might have had yeah. it like three years ago. That's what's freaking me out. I don't know why. It, that's really just wonderful, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm so like, don't even have words to explain like the gratitude I have for like finding our doctor because they they're just amazing. And like, if I had stayed with that doctor telling me I have to eat what, you know, on a schedule and can't eat whatever I want, like, I don't know if I would have made it like literally. Yeah. No. Cause they so. were giving you sliding. They were giving you a sliding scale basically. Like yeah. eat this much, eat this many carbs at this time, give yourself this much insulin. Was that what they were doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's sliding scale. It was like one to one to fifteen grams of carbs, and then so then there was like a big three, and it's like breakfast three units, forty five grams of carbs, one snack fifteen units, and I'm like a very like I I like like schedule, like I like patterns, I like that stuff, but I'm like I can't do this. Like I want to eat whatever I want, and then there were times I'm like forcing myself to like eat a carb when I like want to have a salad. I'm like forcing bread down my throat that I don't want to eat, and because I was you like, have to eat at least be. fifteen carbs. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, and so, if you did, you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, well, what I want is 20 carbs, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to jam 10 more in to to feed the insulin. Um, I mean, luckily, I was only I. You didn't do before it before I went to my next doctor. It was like five days. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, I like it was, and the doctor I go to now is booked out like always, like you know, six or eight months. Like mm-hmm. the fact that I got in there was like one in a million chance that he had to cancel it. Yeah. Shout him out. What's his name? What'd you say? Shout him out. What's his name? Um, Dr. Gottlieb. It's, and it's the uh, Barbara Davis center in Colorado. Yeah. It's an incredible place. Um, And it's like all, it's only type one. Like it's, there's research going on. It's, I'm a part of a research study right now. Like it's just, it's it's very happening there. And the day I went there, she was like, put me on a Dexcom. They gave me one within that, those within 10 days, I had my next ones like shipped to me. Um, like it was incredible. No, that's, it is a big difference when they know what they're talking about. 
versus yeah. I, at least your first person was thoughtful enough to be like, don't ask me, go find someone else. Yeah. You, you know, but then the next person's like, don't worry, we know what to do. I'm going to give you advice from 1983. I know. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Thanks a lot. But yeah, I know. But I'm like, okay. Like, I don't, and she was like telling me like, like healthy foods were, and I'm like, healthy like i don't need like i don't need this advice from you like just like i i I was just so frustrated i'm like i can't do this well on top of all that did you expect to get diabetes like do your parents have it or somebody in your family or anything nope yeah so you're nothing like that it was so out of the ordinary what's super weird is when i was 16 i had like like my mom and i have always like my mom always referred to it as hypoglycemia, like where we would get like super, super shaky, like when we hadn't eaten in a while, which I know like that happens to people, but like, it'd be like the sweating and the shaking. And so I went to an endocrinologist at 16 and was like, I think I have like hypoglycemia and I was fine. Like nothing really happened from that, but they had me wear like a Libre for like a week, which is so funny thinking about now because like I was completely like normal, like then. And now I'm like, obviously not, but (laughs) Um, well, you're normal. But yeah, you no, just have diabetes. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. had I had air quotes around normal, but good, you good. couldn't see me. <laughs> That's right. I cannot. Um, um, I, so I have a question. Yeah. You are. Do you leave school for an, an amount of time to figure this all out? Or are you handling this while you're at college? Givokypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to givoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givoglucagon.com slash risk. At some point on your diabetes journey, a person gave you a blood glucose meter. Did they say to you, hey, this is a great blood glucose meter. It's one of the most accurate ones that they ever made. No, no, no one said that. Did they say, by the way, there are other blood glucose meters. You might want to look into it. I'm just going to give you this one because I have it here in the drawer. Nope, they didn't say that either. They just gave it to you and you thought, well, this must be my blood glucose meter because the doctor gave it to me. But there are many meters, and they're not all made equally. You deserve an accurate, well-made, and easy-to-use blood glucose meter. You deserve the Contour Next One. The Contour Next One is my favorite blood glucose meter. I know that's a strange thing to say, but we've used a number of them over the years, and this one is my favorite. Why? Bright light for use at night. The screen, super easy to read. It's manageable, and by that I mean it's a good size. It's not too big, it's not too small, and I love the way it fits in my hand. It's sort of, um, because of the shape, which you'll see at contournext.com forward slash juice box, almost feels like you're holding a, like a pen in your hand. I don't know how to put it exactly. You'll see when you get to the website. But the Contour Next One blood glucose meter is incredibly accurate. But you might be worried, Scott, all this accuracy... Uh, is it more expensive? Am I going to be paying a bunch more money? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, if you go to contournext.com forward slash juice box, you can actually buy it right now at a number of online venues, Walmart, 
Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, the list goes on and on, Target, Rite Aid. And so when you get to my link, check it out. Because you might be able to save time and money buying Contour Next products from the convenience of your home. What am I saying? Well, I'm saying that it's possible that this meter and the test strips could be cheaper in cash than you're paying right now through your insurance company for an inferior product. How crazy is that? You owe it to yourself to be using the best equipment that you can. And there's no reason not to check out the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Contour Next dot com forward slash juice box. The week, the weekend after I got like, they told me it was diabetes. I was at home with my parents, but then within like four days, I was back at school drinking alcohol. <laughs> like I was like, I'm not letting, like, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like I was like, I, I figured it out. I'm ready to go, which definitely wasn't quite the smartest thing, but, um, I, I just didn't want to miss out on stuff with my friends. And I was just kind of like, I, like, I, I want to be back, back at school. Yeah. Um, but hey, it was for- definitely hard. And then I start going out and like, people are like, what's on your arm? What's that? And that's the whole Oh, I have diabetes. You have diabetes. What? And then it's like the whole ten minute thing to every person I see. <laughs> the story you told me, you've told a few times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so so I, we, I think I've gotten it down, but yeah, no, you do. When so when you went back, just you mentioned drinking right away. So were you trying to kind of parse this out? Were you uh, involved in? drinking prior to diabetes or did you go back and you're like you know what i haven't done yet in my life that now i realize i'm just gonna do because what the hell like which is it no i've been drinking for a while like that's i when i'm at school like i enjoy to like party and go out like that's that's what we do okay so So. if i need an accountant in a few years i want to ask someone else or no (laughs) (laughs) no i'm 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 good at school and drinking i've got i've got a boat (laughs) did you say i'm good at school and i'm good at drinking yeah (laughs) well congratulations that's gonna go right on your cv i can see your linkedin right now (laughs) nobody adds when they're drunk like aaron that's your that's your tagline and then uh yeah yeah that's a good one yeah you can have a glass of wine while we're going over your taxes and you're sad about how much money you have to send to the government Yeah, literally. What 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 are you um, hoping to do when you're done with college? Um, I'm doing an extra year of school to get my master's in accounting, and then I'm going to sit for the CPA exam. Oh wow! Good so, is it the family the business, plan. or was that just something you wanted to do? Not a family business. I just I when when I got to school, like I was just in like the general business school, and like my first accounting class, like I was just really good at it. Like I've always been a math person. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just like liked it, and you know, I was just like, yeah, I think I could see myself doing this. Um, and I just did like an internship this summer, and really liked it. So that's, that's the plan. Well, I might need an accountant next year, so hurry up. I keep, cool. I keep I'll asking. I keep asking my guy stuff, <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, could you say something more valuable than I don't know? I keep thinking. <laughs> you know what I keep thinking? 
I keep thinking what? that he that he wants me to do something that's not completely on the up and up, so he doesn't want to say it out loud. And I'm like, what are you trying to <laughs> say exactly? Like, he never really says what he says. He's like, you know, you you could probably reduce your 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 tax burden. And I'm like, yeah, what's the rest of it? How would I do that? And he doesn't say anything. Do you think he's thinking of something? Ah, oh, you don't know. <laughs> but I always wonder. I'm like, I wonder what he's saying right now. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. So talk a little bit, Aaron, about the college experience as it relates to alcohol. And do you do drugs too? I don't mean it like, do you do drugs? But I mean, do you? I don't know another way to say it because if I say take, I like will occasionally like smoke weed or take an edible. Yes. Okay. okay. So, so let's. I mean, for people who aren't in school now um, or who aren't inclined, you go to college out of high school. Had you drank in high school? Yes. Okay. Had you smoked in high school? Yes. All right. So this was not like a new thing. Um, yeah. Is this because you live in Colorado? No, I mean, I, I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. I grew up there my whole life. Okay. And like my dad got a job out here and I had, I have a brother who went to school out here too. And so they just decided to move out here. So I live out here now, but is, I'm not from here. Is social drinking a way of life in your family? Like are there drinks at dinner? Actually, no. no. My dad is actually a recovering alcoholic. Um, been sober for like 28 years. And so my mom never really drank. And so I'm a very person when it comes to drinking like i know the effects that it can have like i've seen it and and obviously i have like i can i could have addiction genes like in from my family Mm -hmm. so i'm very like conscious about it and i you know i i've never been like drinking to like not feel something you know drinking in a bad it's always just been oh we're going out um so So yeah do you see that from kid to kid like in school like is there a difference between social drinking and blackout drinking oh yeah Definitely. Yeah. There's not to be stereotypical, but it's a lot more guys who are just like blacking out, you know, they're just drinking and they get blacked out with their fraternity brothers and then God knows what happens. So (laughs) I like the way you said that God knows what happens. What do you, Erin, is this an after dark episode? Um, that's what I told. Yeah. So, yeah. So I want you to (laughs) tell me when you said God knows what happens, what popped into your head? What do you think happens? Um, I don't know, blackout, hook up with random girls or like get in fights on the street. Um, I don't know. Beat up a like, statue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like boys are just crazy. But, um, yeah. my son, but yeah, I would. My son told me a story about guys that got drunk and broken ice carving. And I was like, what? And they're like, they were walking around. They saw like this big ice carving and they just knocked it over. And he's like, yeah, they're like, not like, they're not like that when they're not drunk like that yeah like yeah the stealing like people just like even like when we'd have parties at our house like they're a group of guys like stole like our our like toilet paper like holder i'm like what like what what inclined (laughs) you to do that like what like what like it's just like weird things like that i'm like now we can't put our toilet paper anywhere and you have like a toilet paper holder like what like that's so weird Aaron, are you straight are you looking for boys what? Are you straight? Yes. Yeah. Does this scare you? Do you look at them and think, oh, God, there's going to be no one to. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a worry of mine. I mean, the, and because I, I am a part of like Greek life. And so 
I hang out like with a lot of like fraternity guys and like they're just so immature and so just yeah I'm like I don't know where I'm gonna find my husband but it's not here (laughs) though you think the boys somewhere else are different well I think out of college I think hopefully they'll grow up but yeah well um I'm still working on it so (laughs) maybe you'll you'll get married when you're 40 that'll be nice (laughs) Uh, I hope I get married before then (laughs) find a nice grown-up boy by about 40 years old um well, uh, that's so that's interesting. So, how does the drinking, like, let's just we'll do one at a time. Does does drinking, yeah, impact your the way you think about your blood sugars, like leading up to drinking? Are you like do you plan for it or how do you handle it? Yeah, I definitely plan for it, and it was one of like the first things I told my doctor and was like, how do I drink? Like, how do I go about drinking with diabetes? Because I had talked to my mom's friend about it and she was saying how like you go up when you drink and you drop um like s- six hours after or whatever and so I I had I knew that but especially in the beginning I hadn't really had like a real low yet mm-hmm. so I didn't even really know what to expect so there was a lot of fear being like what's going to happen but from the start I would always make sure I ate before like ate a good meal before and I just steered away from any sugary drinks. Like I mostly just drink like seltzers, like white claws or whatever, which have like two grams of carbs. Mm -hmm. And so I would just never, and I still really don't ever give myself insulin for alcohol. Like I, I just don't even, even if I'm having a sugary drink, I really don't give myself insulin for it because I know I'm going to drop. And like, it's just not worth the anxiety of like worrying about going low. Um, And it's, I'm on a, like on a pump now, which makes it a thousand times easier. But with MDI, like it was hard because you couldn't change your basal rate. And Mm -hmm. so like, I did have a lot of lows, um, like in the mornings and just from not being able to change it and not eating enough and whatnot. So what do you consider low? Um, under 70. And were they hard to bring back up? Um, no. Okay. No. I've yeah. I just like I've always been like an anxious person and so I like the lows I've had a lot of anxiety about them and I, I did have one low um that I went to the hospital for. Um so that then caused a lot more of anxiety, which I've been working on and I'm better again now. But Couple it's of- just a hard it's yeah. a hard feeling. Yeah, I have, I have a couple of questions. And I'm sorry if I feel clunky, what I've learned is if I'm speaking while you're speaking, then we get that electronic sound. And yeah. so I'm trying not to step over you, but I'm still trying to interject when I have a question. So my first yeah, question no, yeah. my first question is, um, does your dad have anxiety? Um, I would say yes. Okay. Uh, do you think he was drinking to help him with his anxiety? Um, yeah. Okay. But you- that's the thing. Like I've that's never been like how I cope with it. Okay. So, and but, then uh, when you said you ended up in the hospital, so did you, were you so drunk you couldn't help yourself or was this not related to drinking? Well, this is actually, so I haven't even gotten to this part really, but so, um, starting in January of this past year, I studied abroad in Spain um, so it was like three and a half months after diagnosis, I got on a plane and shipped myself off to Barcelona. 
And my bad low happened when I was in Barcelona. I had been out partying all night, was fine, like woke up. And ironic enough, my mom was visiting me at this time. And so, and I was with a friend and we went to get breakfast and we're eating, we're sitting at, at the table and I ordered like a chai latte and a pancake. And so I like gave myself a good amount of insulin because I'm like, chai latte is going to be sweet and the pancake. And I always pre-bolus, which since this has happened, I don't really pre-bolus when I'm out at restaurants because sometimes they forget to put your food in and bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So I had pre-bolus and my food wasn't coming out. I started to feel really, really weird and I had free so I started eating them and the friend who I was with was like visiting me and she hadn't been around me since I had diabetes and like as this was happening she was asking like what happens if you get really low and I like stood up my head like slammed into the table and I fell back and like passed out and I went my mom was like walking by the restaurant because she was coming to meet us heard screaming and runs in thinking like someone's having a heart attack and she sees me on the ground with like blood all over my face because I had hit my head mm. passed out on the ground um and so that was like the most frightening moment of my life for sure. And I think for her too. Um, and I don't even know how low my sugar got. Like I'm also in Spain, no one speaks English. So we're like, she has diabetes. And they're all like, what? We don't know. <laughs> Great. Like, hey, com- yeah. couple things here. Did you have a seizure? No. You didn't have a seizure. You passed out. Um, as serious and as horrifying as the story is did your friend later say for five seconds i thought while wow, you were really committing to answering my question about what happens if you get because <laughs> i know no, she was so freaked out erin i would have been like wow erin is really going for it with this explanation yeah yeah, yeah literally <laughs> i'm not laughing at your obviously your situation was terrible but I just, I, I love the timing of it. She's like, so what happens if you're low? You're like, let me show you. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was because I was telling her, I'm like, I don't feel good. Like, but I was eating fruit snacks. And so, but I, it was just the combination of the drinking because also in Spain, you go out till five in the morning. And so at this point, it was like 10. So I'd only stopped drinking five hours ago. So the peak of like dropping me was right then. Mm. And I pre bolus for food that took too long. And it just was a mess and a half. Had you um, slept? Um, I slept for like three hours. I think part of it is also the low, um, not sleeping well. I've seen that before too, where people experience crazy lows if they're staying up like, like crazy amounts of time. Yeah. And that was like the majority, cause I was in Spain for about four months and I had, a, I mean, I went to the hospital once, but I just had a lot of bad lows cause I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping well. I was out all night I was just I was traveling every weekend to different countries like it was probably the craziest way to start my diabetes journey do you think you were honeymooning I've been meaning to ask you yes and that was what was really hard is like at one point I was in Rome and I my Lantus was down to like one unit a day because uh, I, when I first got diagnosed, it was at 10 and it had just kind of, we just kind of kept lowering it because I was just having a lot of lows and I was at one and I was just, because we're walking so much. And I, I lost, low I'm sorry, low I, just, I lost, I probably I lost had you. like, like, can you, can you hear me now? I, I lost you. You were walking so much. You said. 
yeah. So we were like, we were just walking so much that I was having fruit snacks, like every probably like 20 minutes and continuing to go low mm. because we were just walking and I was honeymooning and yeah, that's, I really wish, I mean, I put, I tried to get, let them get me a, get a pump to go, but they wouldn't let me, which I get, but like the flexibility would with really a pump helped. would have been really, really helpful just with like the lifestyle I was living over there. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. It would have helped you. Cause you could have just like done temp basils and stuff like that. That would have really probably limited your low blood sugars and yeah. And you're doing all this walking, but even probably the amount of basil that you would set up before you left was for a, a, a much more sedentary lifestyle, re- reasonably speaking. And then suddenly you're walking mm-hmm. around everywhere. And did you know, yeah. did you know to decrease your basil or you didn't know that? I knew that. And my doctor, like I had his cell phone number. So like I was calling him constantly. And like when I had my low at the hospital, my mom called him and like, we forgot that it was the time change. So it was like three in the morning for him, but he woke up and his wife spoke Spanish. So his wife wakes up and is like on the phone with all the doctors, like they're amazing. He's amazing. Wow. But, um, but yeah, so I knew to like lower it and stuff, but it was just hard because once you take it in the morning, like, you know, you can't like change it. And so like, I had other times, like there was another time I was in Italy and I had had a bad low on the plane and I had overcorrected cause I was just freaking out. And then, so I overcorrected. So then I like rage bolus. And then I was in like the middle of a train station laying on the ground, like shaking so low. And my friend had to go like run, get me orange juice. was like pouring it down my throat. And I continued to be low like that whole day. And I couldn't like turn off my basil, you know, like I had taken it in the morning yeah. and I couldn't like, take it away and so it was so scary to be like it's still in my body like i want it gone yeah no i know the feeling as soon as somebody explained to me how an insulin pump worked i was the my first my very first thought was oh i'd be in control of the basal insulin then yeah yeah that was yeah that was my first thought back then hey shaking in the train station do you think that was a seizure or no no, I was no. like, I sh- like, I get really bad shakes when I get low. Like that's one of my symptoms. It's like shaky, sweaty. It wasn't a seizure. I was only like probably 40, but like, again, like I it's had very hard. partied, I had partied all night, woke up hungover, took a plane, was on a plane for two hours to like Milan. Like I was, tra- you know, the travel, all of it together was just like creating these like horrible circumstances for love can i ask you in during this period which yeah. wasn't that long ago right yeah i got home in may and so it's august now all right so we're only talking about the story from three or four months ago so mm-hmm. dur- during that period of travel and did it ever like hit you like maybe i should just eliminate one of these troubling scenarios from my life to try to make this a little easier or or did you more think this is what I want to do. This is what I would be doing if I didn't have diabetes and I'm going to do it. Yeah. After the sec, the low in that train station, which was more near the end of my trip, I definitely didn't drink for a few nights because I was like, I don't need to be messing with this. But at the same time, when we were going out, I wanted to be with my friend. Like I, not that I couldn't be there with not drinking, but like I wanted to go to, these clubs and I wanted to have fun and I was in the mindset of like I don't want to let this like take away from it but 
there were times where I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Because I was destroying my body hundred percent. Like it was just not good. Did you ever have, did you ever have the thought like this could kill me? Um, I mean, when I, after the, I passed out, I was like, okay, yeah, this is like more serious than I've been thinking. But like, it was always like, I'd freak out about it. And then I, then by that night, the next night or the next time you were going out, I was like, I'll be fine. And for the most part I was, but yeah. Are you, are you, um, I'm just going to use a phrase cause I don't know what else to say, but are you better at diabetes now than you were even three months ago? hundred percent. But I do think as much as I like wish I had a pump, I do think being on MDI and having to make all these adjustments and having to learn those things has made me better on my pump. Because I think if I just went on the pump, I would have been like, Oh, this is going to like solve all my problems type of thing. And I think like having to like go through the motions and like, make do things like help me just like learn about how my body like reacted to insulin and like that kind of stuff so I think it was probably good that I was on MDI but like coming home was a breeze I mean I'm back I'm in a routine and also abroad like abroad I didn't carb count one thing when I was there you know like there's there's no such thing as carb counting there so everything was a guesstimate and so coming back being able to carb count on a schedule sleeping not really drinking like, and getting my pump was amazing. Are you, have you at all in the last 38 minutes wondered, I, I, I've tried to put myself in the position of being like the young mother of like a five-year-old that has diabetes listening to this. They must be listening to you like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. I don't know. <laughs> you know what yeah, I, mean? I know. They, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> they must be in a panic that. right now. They're like, Oh, so she can't go to college. That's for sure. <laughs> she can't be her. I don't want. I don't want my daughter here. <laughs> well, not that you are a no. no I know, not I you. Know. Just the, the situation is. Yeah. Because you know, I remember on my son's intake day when he was a freshman. Oddly, he's now graduated. But um, there were these young parents, clearly all like you know, a, a large portion of these were their first kids going into college in this group, right? And we're in this, mm-hmm. like, seminar room with these people that work at the college. And this woman raises her hand and she goes, does everyone drink? Like, like, she'd been, like she had been worrying about it for 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the person at the podium gave some statistics about, you know, how many people drink at college versus how many never do, how much do, you know, sometimes, et cetera. And it was interesting that the numbers were fairly 50-50. Like some people drink and some people don't. Yeah. It, yeah. You know. I, I would see that. Yeah. Right. And um, and it did not comfort that lady at all. She's like 50-50. I was like, yeah, you've got a coin flip chance of what you're asking about right now. Um, but at the same time, I don't know where I fall. Like, Aaron, I'm such a weird person to ask about it because you've probably drank more in the last month than I've had in my entire life. Yeah. So, so I don't know, like I, but at the same time, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, Aaron's doing the wrong thing. Like, I think you're doing what you mean to be doing. And, and it's, um, it's a different choice than I would make, but it's not, Mm -hmm. but it's not right or wrong. I think the reason you come on and talk about it is because you got a coin flips chance of this being you and you're going to need to know how to handle it because the answer isn't, it's why I asked you the question earlier. The answer isn't, well, just don't do it then. 
Because you're either a person who is going to yeah. or who isn't going to. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. So when you're raising a six-year-old with diabetes, you can't just go with, oh, I'm sure it'll work out in our favor and the kid won't drink when they get to school. So how do you manage it now? Like now that you know a little better what you're doing, how are you stopping these problems from happening or are you not having luck still? Um, I'm definitely having more luck. I mean, just having the pump, like I was setting temp basal rates, um, after I was done drinking, which completely eliminated those morning lows. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just able to be more mindful about like eating snacks and stuff like when I got home and whatnot. And now I'm on Omnipod five. And so that I don't really even change my, you know, it automates it. And I haven't had a low from drinking since I've been on it. So, Ooh, yeah. Do tell, Erin, how long have you been on Omnipod 5? Um, I think like three weeks now. Four? four hmm. Maybe four. Well, yeah. this, this is the whole marketing idea for Omnipod if they're listening. Omnipod 5 for college drunks. That's a nice, yeah. that's a nice poster, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Listen, you find a nicer, more professional way of saying it, but you get what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> so you, you, the algorithm is stopping you from getting low when you're drinking, and are you not putting any effort into it? Yeah, not at all. I mean, yeah, because when I was on Dash, I was um, lowering my basal every time I was done drinking for like, honestly, like 12 hours because I listened to like the pro tip with Jenny where she was like, you decrease it. I forget exactly what she said, but per drink, you know, for every amount of hours. And so I was doing that and now I I don't even touch it. Was that, was what Jenny brought up from the drinking episode? Was that working? Yeah, that was really helpful. Wow. Yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff. I'm a fan of talk. Obviously do you listen to the podcast? You must, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I listened to the, like the first pro tip like the second day I was diagnosed. No kidding. Did your um, doctor tell you about it? It was my mom's friend. She oh, is okay. her who told us about the podcast and the doctor's list. And then she was like, go um, do the pro tips. There's about like, it's like the starting over or whatever, or recently diagnosed. Yeah. And so my mom and I listened to that. And I can't say I've listened to all the episodes, but not. I do listen quite frequently i appreciate that not it would be very i think i put up episode 732 today so if you listen to all of them and went to college and were obliterated as much as you are i would wonder where you were getting all this time from so i know literally <laughs> um <laughs> okay so anyway my point was going to be that this stuff gets talked about sometimes in like isolated corners of diabetes you know the diabetes world um but main, <laughs> mainstream like outlets don't talk about stuff like this. And it's why mm-hmm. I it's why I, I focus on doing it as much as I do. It's it's interesting too because the pro t- um holding up the pro tip episodes against the after dark episodes is interesting. More people listen to the pro tips. Like like just tell me how it works. Like tell me how the inside mm-hmm. works. Like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. How do I do it? What do I do? Um but some of the most completed episodes are the after darks, like people who listen just like from when it starts till the second it ends. Yeah. Uh, Because I think that it's either a thing that is happening to you, something that exists in your life, or it's an oddity to you and you, and you're interested in like, like, Oh, I don't like, I, I, you know, 
I don't have bipolar disorder, but let me listen to a person who has diabetes talk about their bipolar. Like, I think they find it incredibly interesting. Um, and so I think yeah. there's never enough content like this, honestly. Yeah. And because after I'd listened to a few pro tips, I, I forget which one I found first, but it was, I think it was the after dark about the girl talking about like dating with diabetes. And then I listened to the guy one. And then there was another one about drinking too. And I loved all those. Like, like you're saying, it was just like relatable stuff. And that's kind of why I like always wanted to come on here. I just like, was like, I would love to, for someone going into college or who's getting diagnosed in college, just be able to hear someone who is partying and is going out and like, like, okay, like I will be okay. And if that's what I want to do, like I can do it, you know, like it is possible to still be a partier in college and have diabetes. Well, you have to know what to do. It is not a thing that you can just take on faith and be like, Oh, I'm just going to hope this works out. Like uh, hoping diabetes. Yeah. Hoping, hoping type one diabetes just works out is a bad idea to begin with. But then you add being either inebriated, like not able to make good decisions or being unconscious to it. Hope is, you know, a person told me, I know the person listens to the podcast still, so I'll be very vague, but happened to bump into somebody one day, like a total and complete stranger. And we were kind of at the same place for like a half an hour. And she was there watching her kid who was too old to be kind of like watched by her, by their parents. And I happened to be there because I was, I had just gotten there to pick my, my son up. And so this is very vague and I'm trying to keep it very vague. So it's not a place where parents usually watch their children, but she was watching mm-hmm. him. And I was like, hey, you know, you've listened to the podcast. Like I talked to her for a couple minutes and my, it started getting the best of me. I'm like, why are you like here? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, he has type one diabetes. And like, she was just kind of like, I think she was worried. Right. And then told me a story about mm-hmm. fairly yeah. recently in college where the kid had become completely unconscious, but with high blood sugars. Right. Oh, okay. And was like yeah. vomiting and in DK and like, you know, like just not able to take care of themselves. And then you find yourself in a very strange position where the people you're hoping are going to help you are other drunk people your age. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who are not mm-hmm. like classically the most reliable subset of, of society, drunk kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely. You don't, you yeah. don't, you don't go find a 20 year old and be like, Hey, you've drink it. You've drank a fifth of vodka in the last three hours. Would you paint my house? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, <laughs> let alone, can you give medical advice to my kid? So this poor kid was just passed out, as was everyone else, blood sugar up, up, up. The parents had to drive a great distance to go, like, scoop the kid and take him to the hospital. Oh, wow. So I would hope that if that happened to me, someone would get me to the hospital. You got to check your friends very closely, Aaron. I think think they would. I think they would. Give them an IQ test, a whole bunch of stuff. You want to make sure you're around the right people. But my, my, my point is... Is that in a scenario where this kid was going to do this thing anyway, wouldn't it be beneficial if he knew how to do it the best he could? Exactly. It's like you can't, like you were saying, you can't just expect someone not to do it. Like you have to give them the tools to understand how to do it. And and then they can decide if they want to engage in that activity or not. But you can't just think, oh, they won't do it because the odds are they will. And if they don't know how, something like that would happen. Mm -hmm. Does weed hit you differently? I mean, obviously, weed hits you differently than alcohol, but do you manage it differently or do you not need to? I don't 
really smoke. Like I, I, I'll take an edible like once a month, I would say. And when I first got diagnosed, I took an edible and then I had a low and I was like freaking the fuck out. Like I was like, not okay. And so I didn't take edibles for a while. And I've recently like taken a few, but I, I don't, I, I don't, I just like, I don't take them as much as I used to because weed is such a strong substance where the minute you put an anxious thought in your head, you're anxious. And so like, if I'm like thinking about my blood sugars, it just makes it not a good experience. Whereas if I'm like laughing and doing something else, like I love it, but I think I'm too much in my head sometimes where like we just doesn't, isn't like a good feeling for me anymore. I have questions. And of course my weed information is coming secondhand, but I've heard this before about if you have anxiety, weed either takes it away or can make it like stronger. But mm-hmm. but I've also heard the difference between smoking and and consuming can impact differently too. So it doesn't sound like you smoke a lot, but do you have the anxiety when you smoke? Um, probably not as much. It's just easier to take. Aaron, I, you like? Can... Aaron, I'm so sorry. It's easier to take edibles. Keep talking from there. Um, it's easier to take edibles than like smoking. Just like. But now I guess I could smoke whenever I wanted because I'm like older. But when I was a little younger, it was easier to take edibles because they don't smell and stuff. Mm. Oh, I see. Easier to take edibles because nobody will know. There's no yeah. accoutrements. There's no odor. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Has anyone yeah. ever used the word accoutrements with you around weed smoking before? I don't know what that word means. You don't? No. Oh, Aaron, sidebar. This is a nice moment for you and I. Hold on a second. I'll get you the uh, the actual uh, definition. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'd like to see you using this word in, in regular life. It's a, it's a, a, a fancy word. But additional okay. items of dress or equipment or other items carried or worn by a person or used for a particular activity. So like a bong would be an accoutrement of smoking Oh, okay. See what I'm saying? Okay. If you were an yeah. accountant in loose terms, your calculator may be an accoutrement. Okay. Right. I, I get it. Okay. You get it. You're like, I'm never saying that word, Scott. Shut up. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I don't think I could pronounce it. <laughs> Do you think that... So I have one of those weird vocabularies. My son pointed this out to me the other day. He wasn't being kind when he said it. I just want to be clear <laughs> about that. Um, He's like, you use a lot of words you don't know. And I was like, that's not true. I know exactly what they are. He goes, how come when I ask you to define them, you can't define them? I was like, well, not being able to exactly define them and not knowing what they mean are somehow different. And he goes, how? And I was like, I don't know what it is. (laughs) Because I know what accoutrement means. That's funny. I know when to use it. But if you told me, give me a solid definition, I would want to look it up just to be sure. Yeah, you wouldn't know how to. I get that. Yeah. But I, I don't I, really have a very, like, high vocabulary. No, I'm, like, nouveau smart. You know what I mean? Like, not really, but I get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nouveau rich. Have you ever heard nouveau rich? No. Oh, my God. What are you doing <laughs> over there? You just smoking weed and drinking all day? No, I'm not. <laughs> I promise. I just don't know a lot of words. <laughs> Nouveau rich is a term used usually in a derogatory way to describe those whose wealth has been acquired within their own generation. Okay. New money is another way of putting it. Oh, okay. It. So okay. I'm, I, yeah. I I'm sort of like that. I'm sort of like new 
education. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't come from a long line of well-educated, uh, well-brought-up people. Okay. But I've kind of, like, rushed into it in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. All right. What are we going to call your episode? We're not done yet, Aaron, but I think yeah, it's, it's going to be After Dark, When in Rome. That might be one. Oh, yeah. Thinking, right? That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about how you cannot kill yourself because it seems like you're well on your way. Um, no. <laughs> no. That shaking and sweating, I'm going to tell you something. Arden's had um, a couple of seizures in her life. I'm going to mm-hmm. bet you were... I'm going to bet you were 10 points away from having a seizure when that happened. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Were you conscious and making sense or were you lost? Like, like, I was completely lost. Like, because the first time I passed out, but like I woke up pretty soon. The second time when I was on the ground, I was, you know, you're just so out of it. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Which obviously doesn't help anything, but. Did you ever, like, afterwards look up at your friend and go, I can't believe you're the only thing that stood between me and death? <laughs> and does that impact yeah. your friends? Do, do your friends have, like, like that, that girl who ran and got you, I'm assuming it was a girl, the person who ran and got you a juice, were they later like, hey, Aaron, listen, we got to stop hanging out, like, because, or were they pretty cool well, about it? She, like, she was very traumatized by it, but it's interesting because she, like, just kind of had more of like a respect for me and finally like understood how serious diabetes can actually be because I think a lot of people that I'm around when I say I have diabetes it's just like oh you have diabetes but like no one really understands like what could go wrong until you see some someone almost die you know and so she is just like like now she is like always worried about me always asking are you okay like what's your blood sugar because she's like seen it firsthand whereas other people are so kind and like to me and like are always like helpful whatever but they just don't like know how bad it can get if that makes sense right yeah so they're being um uh kind of like surfaced about it yeah like oh that's terrible i'm so sorry and then they probably they probably walk away and go oh has diabetes because they don't know what it means and exactly and, right but this girl got to see like hey i someone hand me a juice i'm gonna go pour it in the face of my friend before she drops dead in this train station and yeah that'll that'll make you understand it pretty quick exactly yeah i agree yeah. by the way i've seen a seizure and if you haven't seen one it's different so, yeah. you know, it's a different yeah, that's level frightening. Like, because otherwise it's all academic right up until then. Like, oh, I don't want to get too low because if I get too low, I might shake or sweat or I could even have a seizure. Mm-hmm. But if it's never mm-hmm. happened to you, you just sort of like, you know, but that never happens until the time yeah. it does. And then until it does. Yeah. It's like saying, I don't need to wear a seatbelt. I drive every day and never have an accident. You're not wearing yeah. a seatbelt for the 29 days you don't have an accident. <laughs> You're wearing it for the one day when, you know. You drive into a pole. That's the day you, yeah. you know, and that's the day you need people to understand around you how to help you. So, yeah. And I think I am like happy is definitely not the right word, but I am like happy that I had such a bad low early on in my diabetes because it has made me understand. Because I think if I had gone through this whole experience without anything bad happening, I'd be so much more careless than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And that would lead to probably something even worse. I, You know, it's funny. It's twice you've said that you needed something bad to happen so you would know to take it seriously. I think it's, mm-hmm. your, I think it's your age. 
which is not yeah. not a dig, but that just is how it goes. Can can we veer off a little bit here? And if you uh, mm-hmm. if you don't want to talk about it, I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm 30 years older than you, and it could be creepy. But um, were you sexually active before you were diagnosed? Yes. Okay, I just heard you do the math in your head. You're like, my parents are going to hear this. Where is this going to go? Like the whole thing. But I appreciate you answering. Um, how has that changed with diabetes or has it not? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, in the beginning, I was kind of with, it was like my, my ex-boyfriend who I was like talking to again, I was with when I got diagnosed and he was just like, didn't know what to do with himself when I was diagnosed with which was like such a turnoff and like we went our separate ways. Um, and then I started like there'd be guys who'd be interested in me and who would find out I have diabetes and try and use it as like a flirting type of thing. And cause like I, I always wear my Apple watch. And so like I can check my blood sugars like quicker than grab my phone and guys would be like, Oh, like, are you doing okay? Like, let me see your number. Like, you know, like trying to make it like a flirting thing, which was kind of funny. And like, I didn't see that coming. But then there's also been times when I'm out and like, I'll be talking to a guy and then like, he's like, what's on, what's on your arm? What's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, all right, I'm done with you. And I move on. Um, so it's been interesting. These, but these dastardly boys, Aaron. Now I'm using, now I'm using words just for fun, but they, <sighs> they, they would look at you and go, Hey, I'll pretend to care about Aaron's health. So I can see her butt cheeks. That's wrong. Okay. It really is. I know. <laughs> I know. What the hell? It's really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Mean, but in the moment, I'm like, oh, they're, they care about me. It's so nice. Yeah. Well, right. It's like, oh, they don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> These boys are going to drive you to the other side. That's for sure. Like, yeah, it, maybe. Yeah. No, well, seriously, because who, who, that's, I mean, listen, I get at that age, you're limited with your with everything, like your knowledge of how to talk to people and everything. But I don't know if it, you gotta, you gotta know that's a slimy thing to say to do. Right. Yeah. Like, I Oh, know. oh um, I see you broke your leg. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh my God. <laughs> is this your in? <laughs> like, yeah. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Eric. I'm not okay with this. I want you. Um, I want you out of that college. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more year. Okay. So. Well, then, but then the grad program. Yeah, but that won't be like as like crazy, and I won't be doing crazy things. I'll be studying and all that. Oh, Aaron, bullshit! What are you talking about? <laughs> well, like all my friends are going to be like out. Like I don't really have any close friends who are going to be in the program with me. At least I know of yet. So we'll Aaron, see, though. Aaron, this is either the first time you've lied to me or yourself. I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> Okay. So you think you're going to magically stop drinking when you're undergrad? Well, no, I didn't mean like that. I just mean like, I'm not going to be out Thursday through Saturday, like talking to fraternity boys who are trying to get my pants. Yeah. But now you're going to be talking to grown men who are going to be trying to give you a Coke. (laughs) You know this, right? (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. I mean, there's a ton of Coke at school, but I've, I've never done that. I hear the the stories, Aaron. I hear it's, it's like water. Right, cocaine. What's water? Cocaine is like tissues; they're in uh, every room. I've. That's where I draw the line. That's where I draw the line. Look at you. Your parents are going to be know. so proud when they hear about this. I know. <laughs> I know. Have you done any other stuff besides weed ever? No. No. If I said to you heroin, you'd go no. Wouldn't do that. I, never. Okay, I'm just checking. 
I want to. <laughs> I want to make sure you're okay. I, I so far I see you defending yourself and one girl in a train station. I need somebody else on your side. So I'm going to be on your side for a minute. Um, <laughs> how about mushrooms? You had to have done mushrooms. You live in Colorado. You broke and up. I was or you broke up. You broke up. I'm so with sorry. With all my friends and all my friends did shrooms. You, oh, sorry. That's can you hear okay. me? Yeah, I can, but mushrooms. Um, I was saying, no, I've never done them. And I was in Amsterdam where they're legal and all my friends did them, but I was too scared to do them. Do you have diabetes at that time? Yeah. Okay. Did that have anything I, yeah, to do I, with it? I just, yeah, I was, I didn't know how it would affect it. Yeah, I mean, it would make you look inwards at your ego and it would flip inside on itself and you would either become very aware of yourself or you would become like a self-obsessed bore. I think that's pretty much the two ways it ends up going from what I've understood. Um, Okay, so you have, I'm just, I have to tell you, like the cocaine thing being so prevalent now is like, especially with fentanyl. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's really scary. Yeah, being such a problem. Do you know anybody who's OD'd? Not personally. Okay. Stories from school, though? No. But there have been ODs at my school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaky. Of course it is. Uh, A friend of my son's died this year. So. Oh, wow. I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a boy he knew from high school. And um, I don't think they were close anymore, but you certainly don't expect to hear that a 22 year old who lives in your town is, is no longer because of fentanyl, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's all right. So be careful. You know, there's a whole episode about testing your drugs, right? You know about that? No, I, I didn't know that episode. This girl came on. She's terrific. She's probably your age when she did it. She's like, I just want everybody to test their drugs and be safe. And (laughs) during the whole thing, she was like, I don't do hard drugs. I just do this, this, this. And I was like, right. And she, and I was like, um, I forget how the conversation went, but it's one of the moments of 700 and some episodes that sticks out in my head. Cause I was like, so no, no hard drugs. She goes, no, well, cocaine. And I was like, (laughs) are we not measuring that as a hard drug anymore? I was like, that's fascinating to me. Like that's a hard drug. I I think so. Right. So, all right. Can you explain to me? You're not going to be able to. This is a stupid question. Wait, I'll ask it. I don't even know how to ask it. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to start with a basic idea because this is okay. how little I understand this this concept. Why do people drink? Um, it just like when you're going out and like with people, it heightens. Like your emotions, you like laugh more, you you're more excited. Like it just you just want to be like partying and out and having fun all night, I guess. That's how I see it. When you say partying, what is the definition of that to you? Like just like going out and like being with people and like doing things. I don't know. Being with people and doing when I have to when I have to define partying. (laughs) <laughs> well, I know, I know. it's I, like what you're saying. You know what part you know what these words mean, but when you have to define it, you can't define it. This is what I'm experiencing. Okay, I I appreciate that, and it's a it's a, it's both a weird, simple, and deep question in my opinion. So I wasn't sure what you would say. Like, like when you say that, my and, and not just me now, not just me, fifty years old. But if you would have said to me when I was twenty, "Hey, we're gonna go out and go partying," I'd be like, "Oh no, I'm not." Like, I'd be like, oh, God, I am definitely not doing that. 
I don't want to see your stupid drunk ass talking. I don't want to hear your dumb thoughts. I don't want to see you passed out on the sofa. I don't want to feel responsible for you if you can't handle yourself. Like, like I would, that's how it would strike me if you said it to me. And if I said it to you, you'd be like, oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm not saying one's right or wrong. It's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I, just one of those things. Like, I ge- genuinely don't make a judgment about it. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I don't really understand it myself, to be honest. Yeah, like the, the episode I put up today, the guy skydives. And I'm like, my brain's going, I don't understand. Like yeah, you're jumping freaky. out of a plane for fun? Why? I can't, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. In a million years, if you said to me, Scott, we're going to go up on a plane and skydive, it's going to be great. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I don't, I don't want to do that because... Who knows why? But, you know, I don't yeah. even know why I'm saying no to it. I just know no. I, yeah. I just I would not do that. And so I don't know. That's interesting. Even like weed, I have no trouble with weed, but I've never done it. Like yeah, I, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just happened. I guess it happened. All right. <laughs> so let's go over some of the fallacies that people might think of. Uh, did you have a happy childhood? Okay. Yes. Yes. You love your parents? You think they love you? Yes. Okay. Do you feel incomplete or at all? No. No. Do you feel like misunderstood? No. No. Okay. Do you feel like you fit in with people when you're not high? Yes. Okay. I feel like I fit in less when I'm high. (laughs) Describe what kind of a drunk you are, Aaron. I'm a fun... I'm like, I'm very happy drunk. Like I like, like making jokes. Like I think I'm really funny, but I might not be very funny to other people. Um, I like, I like to just like, I love dancing, even though I'm really bad at dancing, but like, that's always a good time. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. No, you're doing fine. If you weren't partying, what would you do with your free time? Um... Like, go to dinner, go shopping, hang out with my dog. I mean, I still do all these things. Like, you're acting like my whole life is spent. I am not acting like this at all. Drinking substances. That's just what we're talking about. I know. I'm just just kidding. I don't imagine. Um, I don't imagine you are. But does regular life feel boring? No. 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 Interesting. Like, I usually will drink, like, Thursday nights and then, like, Saturday during the days. And sometimes Fridays, but, like. Usually Fridays, I am too tired. Like, I usually do two nights a week. So it's not like I'm, like, going crazy. No. No, I mean, I, I, I actually don't think you are. I'm just, I'm asking my questions. Um, how, know, how, um, that's my question. How many, uh, percentage-wise, how many of the kids you go to college with do you think suffer from some sort of depression or anxiety? 90%. I mean, in, I, more towards anxiety. I think anxiety's become a part of too many people these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like, and just with the pressures from parents and school and there's always something that you're supposed to be doing or you didn't do right. Or like, why aren't you doing like, or the anxiety of people like, why aren't you in a relationship? Like there's just, there's always something that could be causing you to feel that way. I say. Feel like judged constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And a pressure about mm-hmm. uh, multiple facets of your life. Yeah. And there's no ability to just be like, I don't care. 
I think there is, and I have friends who are like that. And I am starting to try and become that person. Like I've always suffered from anxiety Mm -hmm. and I started seeing a therapist like two years ago now who's completely changed my life. And I would say I'm a lot more on that. I don't care side. I'm going to do what I want, but it's a really hard place to get you when you have those feelings. Um, I have a question that fell out of my head because a different question popped into my head. Damn it. Aaron, is it possible there's only room for one thought at a time in my brain? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, God, that would be terrible if that was true. Um, anxiety. I'll find it. Hold on a second. Oh, perspective. Do you think um, perspective and expectations drive anxiety? Because I do. I, I think that um, I use myself as an example. Like, I grew up really broke. I didn't mm-hmm. have any expectations for success. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to go to college. I didn't think I was going to learn anything. I didn't think I was going to make any money. I didn't think I was going to be particularly special in any way or do anything wonderful in the world. I, like, I didn't have any any expectations about any of that. So no matter what happened to me, I was always like, yeah, well, that makes sense. And and But then now yeah. everyone... Right. Like if you if you come from a household that even has a median income, someone expects you to go to college. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And then you're going to go. You're going to leave with debt. Most most people are going to leave with debt, although not you, because your parents were fancy enough to move across the country to hang out with you. So I'm going to assume they're doing OK. And um, am I right, Aaron? Did I figure that out? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You are correct. Thank you. So you're not paying for school. Is that right? Yes. All right. That's so there's right. one pressure lifted, but you still have other yeah. ones. Um, do people like me? Am I dateable? Am I going to yeah. meet a person? Yeah. Am I going to figure out this degree? Is this really what I want to do? Can I get a job? And then on top of that, if your parents are making a, a handsome income, then your expectations for how much you make coming out of school are probably raised as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's definitely like, I would say, say that again. Sorry, drive a huge part of anxiety, and I, I would say expectations do drive a huge part of anxiety because, the, yeah, the world the world that we live in now is just you're always expected of something, and yeah, it can it can be hard at times for sure. Set the bar low, Aaron. That's my motto. Okay, <laughs> then anything that goes right seems like a major win. Yeah, I feel like I I don't I'm like past that point of setting the bar low. Like I'm. I'm almost done with my, or I don't know how to say that. Like, I'm not a kid anymore, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. I And I don't know that it, I don't know that I mean it exactly the way you're saying it. I just mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do the Beatles say, Aaron? Do you know the Beatles? I know the Beatles. Yeah, so this is a, this is an interesting moment because if you don't listen to the Beatles, you'd be like, I don't know what, that's an old I listen band. to the Beatles. Okay. I think let it be is. um. That's a good one. Yeah. Might be my motto sometimes. Right. Yeah. Let, it's a good one. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. That, that's that's what I've been learning. And honestly, I think getting diabetes has like helped me in a way, which I wouldn't have thought. But like, it's just it's like uh, it's caused some anxiety to increase around lows. But in all the parts of my life, my anxiety has decreased immensely, I would say. Mm-hmm. Do you think if. If I snap my fingers, right, and you mm-hmm. and you opened your eyes and you were graduated, 
had a job with an income you were happy with and were with a boy that you liked who liked you back equally, do you think most of your anxiety would disappear? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm yeah. Just, okay. There's it's the anxiety of the future too. Like, am I, yeah. Am I going to find a husband? Am I going to get married? Am I going to get a job? Am I going to do this? Like that's my biggest thing that I have. Like I just have to live in the moment and not yeah. be so worried about the future. The unknown gets a hold of you. Yeah. You know For that sure. after you attain these things that at the moment you think of as the things that your future will hold, that new stuff will fill in that that vacuum, right? You'll start wondering mm-hmm. about like buying a home or having yeah. a baby or is your baby going to have diabetes? Like like you're going to have – like this This doesn't stop. It, it actually <laughs> – sorry. I can't believe I'm going to say this. It gets worse as you get older. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I can see that because your concerns will start becoming about not just yourself, but other people. Yeah. You know, and then you're kind of inextricably like connected to these successes and failures of other people. Did I use that word right? Oh, now I'm in my own head about this. <laughs> All right. Hold on a second. Wait, what word did you even say? Give me a second. All right. I said inextricably. In a way that is impossible oh. to distinct. Yeah, I used it right. God damn, Aaron, I am on a fucking roll today. Where's my son? I I want him in here right now so I can tell him to go fuck himself because I use good words. I just don't one hundred percent know what they are. So, <laughs> good job. Thank you. You know, he and you are the same age. Oh, really? Like, he's like he's like five minutes older than you are. So, um, inextricably, in a way that is impossible to disentangle or separate. So you become inextricably attached to other people whose lives you you care about as well and whose health and outcomes and their anxiety and all that stuff so then by loving the this, this is this is not me talking you out of like caring about people but when you start caring about other people their problems weigh on you almost more than your problems do you know what yeah. Aaron? why the hell am i not drinking <laughs> I don't know. I think you might have just talked me into it. <laughs> yeah, you're making the future sound pretty, pretty not happy for no, me. No, so. <laughs> it, it, it is happy. It's just it's, I know it's not an unhappiness. It's um, it's just there's more expectations to manage. Yeah. Right. I think that's all what it is. Like you know, why is it upsetting that your kid has diabetes? Because you didn't expect it to happen. Why is it upsetting that you have it? This is not something you expected to happen. If if growing up every, I don't know, six months, someone would have said to you, hey, Aaron, by the way, when you're 21, you're going to get type 1 diabetes. You're going to have to start using insulin. Then the day it happened, you would have been like, oh, was, yeah, yeah, I expect this. Yeah. Right. So I'm almost talking about this because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it's a bad thing that you're going to love somebody so much that you're going to care about them more than you care about yourself and that they're and that you may rise and fall with their experiences as well. I think if you mm-hmm. expect it, then it's manageable. But if you just look up one day and think, I, I thought life was going to be perfect and it's not, then it feels terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's, that's true. that's the expectation we give kids. It's going to work out for yeah. you, you, Aaron. You're going to be terrific. You're such a pretty girl. You're so smart. 
you're going to get a job doing whatever you want. Any guy's going to be lucky to be with you, Aaron. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. Right. And then you bump into a guy at school and he's like, what's that diabetes? Get away from me. And you're like, oh, I thought he was going to be lucky to be with me. What the hell? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And then it hurts all of a sudden. It's true. Yeah. I yeah. know. Aaron, listen, life's easy. You'll figure it out in the next like six or seven years. Don't worry. You're, I hope so. You sound smart. I think you're going to do it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I think see. I can do it. I think I can do it too. Do you really? You have like you have like yeah. hope. Uh huh. Yeah. How much has the therapist yeah. helped you with that? Wait, sorry, say that again. How much has the therapist helped you be hopeful? A lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. Like my like, I have changed a lot in the past two years, and I think about it a lot. If I would have gotten diabetes at that time, like when I was a freshman in college, like, I don't think I could have handled it even like, yeah, I don't think I could have handled it. I don't know what I, I was in such a anxious, like cared so much about what everyone thought. Like if I had to wear a Dexcom on my arm out to a party, I wouldn't have gone out. Like that's where I was in my life. And now I'm like, I, I, I love wearing my devices and I, I like people staring at them. It makes me feel like good about myself in a weird way. But like, if it if I would have gotten diagnosed two years ago, it would have been a, a completely different thing. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Why did you initially go to the therapist? Um, I had always just I. The thing that was so funny about me is I would get anxious about like the smallest things, and I was going to get my eyebrows waxed at this place, and I couldn't find a parking spot, and I called my mom like screaming, bawling, crying about how I can't find a place to park and how am I supposed to call? Like, I can't call them and ask them where the parking, because my mom's like, there's a parking lot, but I didn't know where it was. And the thought of like having to like call someone and tell them that like, I couldn't find a place to park made me like literally almost pass out from panic. My mom was like, we need to find you someone. And I was like, you're right. Like this is getting out of hand. And so like, that then I start seeing her and um yeah. I think more recent generations live so virtually that when they go into like the real like IRL world that everything seems crazy. You know, like mm-hmm. like for me, you know, growing up, I mean, think about it. When you were sixteen is four years ago, five years ago, I was sixteen thirty four years ago. And yeah. and no one even I, I, no one even fed me. No one made sure I was alive, really. Like I like parenting back then was just a series of like you you you, you make a place where they're safe and inside and there's yeah. food available and you yell at them to do their homework and you yell at them to take a bath. Like that was the interaction I got from my parents mainly. And if yeah. I and if I screwed with my brother, somebody would smack me. It's pretty much it. Okay. And so mm-hmm. you'd get up in the morning and you'd be like, all right, I gotta eat. And then you'd go feed yourself. And then you'd be like, I gotta put clothes on. Then you'd put clothes on. And then you'd be like, Well, it's summertime. Well, I don't know what to do. I'll go find other people and see what they're doing. And then we would go do things by ourselves and be gone. I know it sounds like a story people tell or it's a meme at this point. But I'd walk out of my house eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I'd show back up at one or two being like, hey, food. I'd grab something to eat, leave again. And we didn't come home till five. 
And my yeah, parents, that's my, my mom says too. Yeah, my parents were unaware of where I was. Like we were yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, you, you you did not you didn't have a day like that growing up. Yeah, no. Right, and now you're in the now you're in now you're out rolling around in some fat car, trying to get your brows waxed. Which, by the way, may I say, Aaron, and I'm not embarrassed. Look into threading. I. Do you get your eyebrows threaded? Is I that do. why you said that? Aaron and I, uh, uh, Arden and I do it together. Really? Yeah. So it's a thing she does that I used to just drive her to. And then one day I was like, mm-hmm. she's like, do it. And I was like, okay. And now when I go there, the woman's like, you too? And I'm like, yeah. And I slide <laughs> in and I get my brows done. And I got to be honest with you, I look better. <laughs> so That's so that's funny. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, on the scale of 1 to 10, the, the eyebrow threading moves me from a 2.5 to a 2.9 on that scale so <laughs> it's not some great thing but it's um they don't grow back as quick the shape's nice it's cheaper hmm. gotta yeah be i know people who in, do it but yeah. i guess i've never even looked into it yeah there gotta be some hippies in colorado who are doing that yeah, yeah. definitely yeah yeah I mean, the whole place will smell like like patchouli oil and, and you know they'll be like you want hash like no just thread my eyebrow okay, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah so turn the hash down too so um so, yeah, so there's this, like, I don't know. Like, Erin, there's this big part of me that thinks you're okay. You just haven't been tested yet. And so you don't trust yourself because you're untested. I Yeah, I think, I think that's how I was. But I think, yeah. like, that's what I think. Like, I think diabetes has been that thing for me. Like, I think it has been the thing, like, testing me. And like it has been, like I think I don't I don't know I, I don't really know how to describe it. No, I think it's it's also it's really hopeful that you got in this situation with diabetes and you were like, I'm gonna go on this trip, for example. And okay, you didn't handle it great, but you also, I mean, think about it. You didn't call your mom and say I can't find the eyebrow place, right? You were like, I'm in Rome. Yeah. So you did yeah. it. Like you made it there. It's a big leap mm-hmm. for you. It's a it's a great accomplishment. Hundred percent. Yeah. The next level is to do it without shaking in a train station. But I mean, yeah. And you're getting there with that as well. So I mean, I don't know. You seem much uh, more self assured today than you might have even been two years ago. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Do you still do you still do the therapist? Yeah. Every two weeks, I. I see her or I, I, it's over zoom, but kind of like a management thing almost. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's just like, it's just nice to talk to someone about things. That's not your mom. That's not your friends. Sure. You know, it's just like get things off your chest. And then like, I always just feel like so light and like, all right, now I'm ready to keep going type of thing. Do you feel like, like, it's like- just a good, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah. I just, it's just a good like check in. Like, okay, like I'm doing the things like I'm good. Just, yeah. Right. Do you feel like that now after you and I talking for a while? Like unburdened um, or no, is this different? Yeah. No, I would say it's like the same thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's really nice. Um, all right. What have we not talked about that we should have talked about? Anything? Um, I don't think so. We did okay? Yeah, I think so. You comfortable with how this went? Yeah. Excellent. What made you want to come on? How did you, were you like in the Facebook group? Yeah, I'm in the Facebook group. And ever since I've, I heard the podcast and like I was saying this after dark episodes, 
I was just like, I, cause I, I was just like, I would think it'd be cool to come on here. Cause I knew I was studying abroad and I was like, I feel like I'll have like a cool story. And I just like, anytime like I am like down or like not feeling great about diabetes, like I go and listen to a podcast and hear someone's story and it always makes me feel better. And so like, if I could be that for someone else, I was like, that would be really cool. That is excellent. Oh, I'm so happy you did this. Thank you. I thought you were terrific. First of all, I am. And you were really honest, which is probably because you're young. Like, you'll probably look back on this 10 years from now and be like, I probably shouldn't have said that, but that's eh, too late now. Um, <laughs> do you think you'll share it with your parents? Is there anything in here they don't know? Um, yeah, I'll let my parents listen to it. Nice. Look at you. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be so thrilled you didn't do code. <laughs> I know. They're going to be like, Yes. We did something right. Yeah, if your parents are still listening at this point in the episode, I'd like you to see uh, an extra little gift for Aaron at her next birthday, you know, for being <laughs> such a... Do you have other brothers and sisters by any chance? I have two older brothers. Mm-hmm. They probably did coke. <laughs> I don't know if they did. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Do you, I'll ask them. How much older are they than you? Four and three years. Oh. You guys don't have a ton in common then. Or did, were you a close family when I, you were younger? When we were younger, I mean, they just were always traumatizing me and absolutely hated me because I was the annoying little sister. Mm-hmm. But now I'm very close with both of them. Uh, yeah. That's excellent. Well, that's, that's really something. Well, you, I, I think you, you sound like you're doing terrific. I know that's, uh, um, I don't know how that sounds at all, but I mean, you, you, know, you don't need my approval, but I think you're doing a really good job. It sounds like you came through a lot. You're handling it really yeah. well. You're thoughtful about it. And you know boys are ucky. So think, Yeah, literally. I, I, yeah. That's yeah. That's my next um thing I need to tackle in my life is icky boys. Yeah. You got you know you know the you know the secret, right? What's the secret? You really don't know? <laughs> no. Okay, hold on a second. Most of the guys that visually you want to be with they haven't had to develop their personalities. Why is that? Because they're handsome. Oh, There's, because, yeah. For the oh, same yeah, reason that pretty question. girls can be like, hi. And everybody's like, oh, my God, I love Heather. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, has, yeah. has Heather ever said anything interesting? You're like, I don't care. So yeah. um, it, the the athletes, the like they the um, the handsome kids, like all that stuff, they just it's easy or for them. Probably not really. Yeah. There's probably like handsome guys right now like, hey, I got to work hard, too. But. But I mean, like people give them a pass. And so when you don't have to work on your personality, a lot of your personality has to do with your empathy and with how you see other people. And so if you've been kind of skating by, those might be skills you haven't developed yet. So you either have to get a really handsome kid early and train them yourself, right? Yeah. Or you got to wait till they turn into a human being, which... My best guess is 27 years old. And then, you know. That's too long. I know. It's going to be, you're going to be a 50-year-old lady with a 10-year-old kid. You can't be like that. You don't want that. Don't crap. say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Aaron, you no. want kids too, huh? Yeah. I've, yeah. I love, I've, I love kids. I can tell talking to you that you want to be a mom. So, hey, the, the woman who did the After Dark yeah. Drinking episode that you heard, the original one, she's a mom now. Really? Yeah. She had a baby a couple years ago. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Okay. Hopefully that'll be me. Oh, I have one last. Can I ask a bummer at the end? 
I should have. Sure. I'm so sorry. I, I should have done this earlier. Um, how do you defend your body in college as a girl when you're drinking? Like, how do you, how do you, do you guys look out for each other or how do you do that? Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, I'm always with like my girlfriends and like, I would say we're pretty conscious about that. But I also would say at this age, like, and the people I hang out with, I'm mostly hanging out with the same group of guys and like, they're not trying to do anything inappropriate to me. Like, it's more like if I was going out and I guess meeting like older men, but at my school, I haven't run into like that many situations where I'm like having to defend myself or like in an uncomfortable situation. But I would say abroad, there were a lot of creepy people, but I would always be with my friends and we would just literally push them away and like run away to the other side of the bar. So at school, you almost create like a, like a bubble of people. And then you kind of figure out who they are before you start interacting with them more like intimately. Yes. Like I, yeah. Like I become friends with all the guys and then like all the guys that I've dated or been with in college, like were my friends first, Mm -hmm. I would say. Do you, do you, do you, does it happen that you go to a girl and say, Hey, look, I'm going to head off with this guy, like check on me in a little while. Do you guys go that far? Yeah. Okay. And we all can track each other. Like I have all my friends on like find my friends. Right. So we always like, but yeah, if someone's like going home with someone, you like tell somebody before and are like, yeah, like text me to make sure I'm okay type of thing. I understand. Okay. Well, that's good. I just wasn't sure. Like, and, but, but then when you get out in public or like a bar scene or something like that, then there's more, there's older guys and they, they see you're younger, then they're more aggressive. Yeah, I would say so. But I, I we're always just really good about at least being with another girl where like nothing bad could really happen. Like mm-hmm. we're very good about sticking together. Overseas, did you find it to be different? I mean, the men are like so much more aggressive and like, especially like in Italy, you're walking down the street, you're getting called beautiful every five seconds. Right. Like they're so much more forward than american men are which sometimes it's nice they're like oh you're so pretty all this and when i go home like you don't get the time of day from anyone it's like oh you have diabetes like so do you think it was because they didn't know you or do you think it's like that culturally they're not scared to talk to people in a way that they think somebody else might find objectionable i think it's a little bit of both i think the culture it's more accepted and i think them not knowing us they're kind of like well we don't give a shit whenever i see these girls again let's say whatever we want to them yeah and and the cat calls were mostly um reasonable like were they like hey you're beautiful or hey beautiful not like stuff where you're like oh god that sounds like violent like nothing yeah it was always just you're so beautiful or these gorgeous girls like that type of thing yeah did you think about it ever did you like that is a handsome italian boy i'll never see again why don't i walk over there a lot of times they're like, like a lot older. Oh. So it's, I'm not attracted to them at all. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, I thought it was people yeah. like on your, on your level. No, oh, it's okay. like probably at least in their like late thirties yeah. and, and, and older. Like 30, so It's a little bit more like. You're actually, you know, it's interesting. You're, you're seeing that 35 year old guys. That's his pickup line. That's why he's 35 and he's still yelling at girls. Cause he's like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's how he's trying to find a wife. Yeah, way do you find that? By 20- yelling at 
<laughs> by yelling at girls on the street. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. not how it usually works. Um, wait till that 21-year-old boy who was like, so what's that Apple Watch for? Where do you find him when he's 35? <laughs> I don't know. He'll be doing the same hopefully thing. He's, hopefully he's single, yeah. Yeah, unless he figures it out and then tricks some poor girl into thinking he's a real person. Who knows? Yeah, right. I could see that happening. Aaron, you're terrific. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a blast. I'm glad. I really am. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box i also want to thank the contour next one blood glucose meter and remind you to go to contournext.com forward slash juice box there are links to gvoke and contour and all of the sponsors in the show notes of your audio app or at juiceboxpodcast.com when you click on the links you're supporting the show if you're looking for the diabetes pro tip series It begins at episode 210 in your audio app or is available at diabetesprotip.com. As a matter of fact, many of the series within the Juicebox podcast are also available, of course, in your audio app and at diabetesprotip.com, which is accessible by typing that link or through juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're listening to the show online, please consider listening in an audio or podcast app and subscribing and following in that app. If you're looking for a community online, try the Juicebox Podcast Facebook page. It's private and free. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes currently has over 27,000 members, and there are over 100 new conversations to be had every day at Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.